What's good? What's good? What's good, fans? I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another amazing episode of Voice of the Fans podcast. Got my man Cleavon up there in the Northwest. How you doing, sir? Doing fantastic, Cam. Down here in Southern California, where the weather's been just perfect, Cleavon. A little overcast, about 72 degrees today. Um, the overcasting will always burn off right about 1 or 2 o'clock, so on your commute home, man, you do got bright beautiful skies here and this is about 72 degrees man it's not it'll be hot enough soon enough so i'm enjoying these days man uh, what's the weather like up there you know cam it was a uh, fantastic last week uh you know mid 70s absolutely fantastic but it's been a little breezy the last couple of days not gonna lie to you a little little overcast a little drizzle uh typical yeah. seattle weather so you know, mid sixties for right now, but hopefully we make that turn and uh, you know, have some better weather. Well, you know, you can't stay away from that drizzle for too long, right? That's true. <laughs> Cleavon, this week, man, we got a lot to talk about. Let's let the fans know. This week in the voice of the fans, we're gonna talk about this NBA playing tournament. Are you are you excited yet? You got your got your blood boiling a little bit. Absolutely, uh, no, absolutely excited about the whole premise of the whole thing. It's it's worked out beautifully. We got the we got we're gonna talk about obviously the NBA playoffs. We got some predictions we're gonna talk about. Um, NFL mini camp was uh had mini camp this week or this past weekend on uh, Friday actually. It lasted Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but the media was only available on Saturday, uh, Friday, excuse me. So I got a chance to talk to the head coach, talk to the GM, um, talk to the uh, player, talk to a couple of players. So Chargers minicamp is underway and as well as minicamp for most of the teams were this past weekend. So going to have some conversations around that if you care. Cleveland, we got this day in history, one of the hottest segments in, the, in all the podcast land. So we got this day in, in history where we're going to talk about so I want to um, always give a shout out to the guys at H&B Media. If you haven't followed them yet, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're doing yourself a disservice by not following them. H&B Media on YouTube. Go ahead, check them out. H&B Media TV on YouTube. Go ahead, check them out. Uh, they're there. You can find this podcast there. You can also find this podcast, obviously, on the Voice of the Fans podcast. So or excuse me, on the Voice of the Fans on YouTube or however you listen to a podcast, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify. If you're on the go, if you're working out, if you got working in the garage or you got some errands to run and you're going on your walk, listen to our podcast. Check it out and give us some feedback, man. Everybody listening to our podcast, you know, I can see the numbers. I see a lot of you guys are listening to us, but I'm not getting no feedback. Let me know what you think. All feedback is good feedback. Good or bad, all feedback is good feedback let us know what you think let us know what you want to hear let us know what you want to talk about all sports related um nobody's no no nobody's getting in their feelings over here you we're not going to go on a, a three-day rant on ig because you say something bad about the podcast we want you i'm gonna ask you to join us uh first and foremost but let's hear let's hear what you got to say so Cleveland, every every week we start our podcast off with the with their numbers. This week is number 19, with it being May 19, 2021. And we have our week is 139. So we're gonna go with the number 39. Cleveland, when you think of the number 19, 
who comes to your mind first or who wore that number the best? You know, Cam, ironically, the person that comes to mind first is a guy uh, that used to play receiver for the uh, San Diego Chargers, a guy named Lance Allworth. I always thought about getting the powder blue uh, Lance Allworth jersey back in the day. It's like the first person that comes to mind. Like, ooh, that would have been crispy. I, I, I really I really was was leaning towards getting that. Never did quite get to it, so oh well. But Damn the person me, huh? I probably wore best was, you know, Johnny Unitas. Quite possibly one of the uh, top 10 greatest quarterbacks of all time. Johnny U, huh? Come on. Jo- is, is he in the top 10 list any, anymore? He can't be in your top 10 list. We, in 2021, he can't be in your top 10 list. It's quite possibly in the top 10, Cam. I haven't gone through the, you know, all the numbers. but I mean, we might have to go through this list later in the show. You're going to put Johnny U in your top 10 right now. We we might have to go through the not saying he wasn't you know with the black high tops he you know he didn't catch your eye not not saying that but come on if he's in your top ten list right now today forty eight straight games with a touchdown pass I'm just saying we're we gonna have to go we're gonna have to go through your top ten list we're gonna because come on in fact uh, let's wait no longer your top ten list Dan Marino obviously Jim Kelly Cam I'm not going to go the top ten quarterbacks of all time I mean, right you just now made a bold, just to you just, validate that Johnny United deserves to be in the top ten you just made a that's a conversation statement. for another time okay we're gonna we're gonna have to revisit that one fans you see what I'm talking about see Cleveland to say something and then just you know he wants to duck duck and dodge and skirt the skirt the opportunity to talk about it. That's what Cleveland does, man. And we're gonna catch him. We're gonna catch him up in the show. So, be ready for that. Um, but so Lenny Wilkins, you you, you never heard of Lenny Wilkins? Player I have coach, heard of Lenny Wilkins, player, a coach. Hall of Famer as a player and a Hall of Famer as a coach. Very very rare to uh, accomplish that feat. So yeah, he's one of the staples of the two hundred six for sure. I've heard. Okay, and you know, is Johnny U better than Joe Montana? Number 19 in KC? Oh, come on, man. John, John Montana wore 16 for all of his great years. I don't think he won a playoff game wearing number 19. Cut yeah, that out. He, I think he did win a playoff game. A, a playoff game? Uh-huh. Yeah. So no, <laughs> no Super Bowls. A no playoff Super game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. No. No. Um, okay. What about the number 39? Now, this was a little tougher. I mean, I came up with them pretty fairly quickly, but th- this is a uh, – Took a little, little more thinking. What, what do you think about the number thirty-nine? Outside of Larry Zonka, probably one of the you know the famed running back for the undefeated Miami Dolphins. Oh, so you're not gonna let me? You're not gonna let me speak? You're just, you're just gonna speak for me? Is that what? Is that what you're doing? What I was. Just I thought saying, you were asking a question, and then you answered the question. Is that what's going on here? So, so what do you got? What do you got? Okay, so first person to come to mind is Stephen Jackson. I mean, just see, you know, see one, of, one, of, one of the great, uh, you know, running backs of, you know, in Rams history. But the first person that comes to mind is, uh, you know, Hall of Fame running back from the Miami Dolphins. Uh, uh, you be, you make sure you're straight. The undefeated Miami Dolphins. Get, get it right. Undefeated Miami Dolphins. And the player that I'm that I'm speaking of did actually play on an undefeated team. The last undefeated season in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Miami Dolphins. Make sure you make sure you clarify that for the fans. You know, we, don't want, we, we know we're not talking about high school. We're not talking about college. It's clarified. We're talking about the NFL. It. It's clarified. No, we're, we're good. Okay. All right, Stephen Jackson. Was Stephen Jackson better than than Legarrette Blunt? Oh, for sure. I don't know, man. 
You got you got you got one you got one postseason to run with a number of running back. Are you going with Steven Jackson? Or you going with Garrett Blunt? Steven Jackson. Oh, I don't know, man. I might have to call up Mr. Or Oregon State <laughs> and bring all that ferocity and, and fighting violence with you, because uh, nobody what would Dion say <laughs> nobody want to hit that block. <laughs> nobody want to hit that man. <laughs> so I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, nobody was shying away from Stephen Jackson like they were Legarian Blunt. There, there there was a really for that. really were, were they yeah. were they yeah. Yeah, Steven uh, Jackson will run your ass over. I didn't say he wouldn't. There wasn't cash shining. I guess that goes with the league. It has kind of how the league has kind of changed and shifted a little bit, right? Because you know, they were, I can see Steven Jackson getting. They were piling up on him. They weren't piling up on on Legarrette Blunt. They that might be has something to do with the the times they played it, right? Uh, but Cleveland, man, it's the NBA. It's the NBA season, man. The yes, NBA, it is. It, NBA is playoffs is and kind of getting us warmed up. This playing tournament is just kind of what is this is the appetizer, right? This is a, this is some chicken wings. No, this is no appetizer, Cam. This is this nope. is a real thing. This is a real deal. This is nope. serious, man. This is we so we jump right in. Um, how do you feel about the playing tournament now that you've seen kind of most of these games? Um, at least half of the games kind of been um, played. We got a couple more games tomorrow to determine the number eight seed. But how do you feel about the playing tournament as of this moment? I absolutely love it, Cam. It did everything that the league was hoping that it was going to do. Um, it stopped teams from from tanking. Um, it made the last week or two of the season extremely uh, exciting and suspenseful. Um, teams had to really earn their spot. And if they didn't, they had themselves in a situation, in a position where they had to play other really hungry teams to see how the, the seedings would actually ultimately unfold. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of it. So we saw yesterday Tatum go off on the Wizards, go off for 50 yesterday. And Tatum has that game. Uh, he's one of the smoothest players, I think, in the game right now. Uh, then we have – we saw the Pacers route the Hornets. Like the, the, the Hornets even show up, man. Did, were, did they do one, two, three Cancun on us? Did, did, no, did they, they, have... did, they, they did show up and they realized very quickly that, whoa, they were in uh, an environment that they were completely uncomfortable with and unused to. And it just wasn't something they were ready for. And hey, man, yeah, chalk it up to a learning experience. They now understand what kind of the playoffs feels like. And they were not prepared. Um, man, yeah, that that was Joe, uh, Joe Borrego, man, you gotta, you gotta get your guys together, man. You supposed to have these guys ready. You got the rookie of the year. You got some um, good talent on that side of the, of the, of the ball. You supposed to have those guys more ready than they when we saw out of them guys yesterday. The Spurs and the Grizzlies that went down to a nail biter, went down to the final minutes of the game, and the Grizzlies pulled that one out. What's your thoughts on the Grizzlies moving on? Or you're not, not moving on. They, they they do move. They play tomorrow for the AC, right? They play the loser. This looks like they might be playing the Lakers. The way it's looking right now, it's quite possible. You know, the, the the basketball fantasy gods. You know, they have their way of doing things, and you know, the universe will unfold as it will. And if the Lakers have to end up playing the Grizzlies, so be it. Um, kudos to the Grizzlies for beating a a veteran and a very well seasoned San Antonio Spurs team with a lot more playoff experience than the Memphis Grizzlies. I am, you know, 
I don't want to say pleasantly surprised, but I am somewhat surprised that they were able to pull this off, even you know in a one-game setting. Um, I certainly thought that the San Antonio Spurs had advantages at pretty much every position other than John Morant versus DeJounte Murray, no disrespect to the 206. But um, other than that, I thought that the uh, the Spurs had the better team, better coaching, better experience. And, and the end of, you know, at the end of the day, they just weren't able to pull it out. I'll tell you what, man. Um, after seeing the Memphis Grizzlies play in the summer league a couple seasons ago, when John Morant was a rookie, though he did not play with that, he didn't play as a rookie. He was there every day. Um, Jaron Jackson, he played a couple games, but he was there every day. And I asked Jaron Jackson, I'm like, Jaron, like, I think it was his second or third year. I think it was his second year in the league. Like, dude, you don't have to be here. You don't have to be in Vegas um, hanging around the rookie team. You know, you don't have to be with the, the JV team today. You could be on Cancun. You can be, uh, you know, in Hawaii. You can be a uh, in the Bahamas, you could be anywhere you want to be. Why? Why are you here? Even this is my squad. <laughs> I'm a part of this team. My team has a game. Although I'm not playing, I want to be there to support them. Man, I thought that said so much of the camaraderie um, they were building there. And talking to Taylor Jenkins, the head coach, he had just taken over a, an accountant major. By the way, had just um, after he graduated with his accounting degree. Masters, I think it is. He he got approached to be an NBA coach because he he was his basketball career was it was over. He wasn't going to play anymore. He got a he got approached to being a coach, and a few years later, he was named the head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies. So it was his first year as a coach, and what he told me was he wants to build a family atmosphere, and he wants everybody to buy in like like your family does. So it was a great opportunity. I thought it was a great showing and talking to Taylor Jenkins, talking to the players that were there and how they bought in. And they got a couple, they have a couple of role players that really know their role. Uh, Mr. Slow-Mo, Mr. Slow-Mo, UCLA, Anderson, having a brain part of his first name, but Anderson, the point guard who's, he left San, San Antonio, oddly enough. He, sent, he was a cast-off of San Antonio and found a role behind John Morant as, you know, you have John Morant, the speed, quick, athletic guy, and you got him coming in who's just a basketball player. He's not going to do anything to wow you, but he's going to bring the ball up the court, get in the, in the right position, make the right play, make the right pass, and then go down court after he scored two points. Um, and then Brandon Clark, man, I like Brandon Clark. And you know where Brandon Clark went to school? Do you remember him? He went to Gonzaga camp. Gonzaga. Brandon Clark was, I think, if one of the one of five players in college. I want to say you fact check me if you want fans, but in college he was one of five players in the NCAA tournament to average twenty. Uh, tw five players ever to do this. Average twenty points and ten and ten rebounds in a game, or excuse me, in the in the tournament. Um, that means he gets to the rim, and a lot of it was just high flying, get, getting the rebounds and putting back was how he got a lot of his points. Uh, lob dunks is how he got a lot of points, and he still does that to this day. 
So the real key of just kind of glue guys, guys that know their role, and then guys you need on your team to win. And as they developed, I think they're they're going to be even better than Memphis Grizzlies. So that's my shout out to the Memphis Grizzlies. I think they're a good squad. Um, I, I'm, although Jaron Jackson was hurt a large part of the season, I still haven't seen him quite develop as I anticipate him developing. Like I want to see more out of him, um, Jaron Jackson. And then John Moran, obviously, is a supreme job. So that's uh, uh, that's my shout-out to Memphis Grizzlies. Congratulations for them to win it today. And uh, my question for you, you know, um, obviously we're doing the show. It's halftime, but it's Warriors-Lakers game. But how much do you think the Warriors are going to beat the Lakers by tonight? Oh, you know, Cam, that's that's up to the, uh, you know, the basketball gods to determine that. Um, you know, this playing tournament is what it is. The universe will unfold as it will. You know, I am still, you know, optimistic that the Los Angeles Lakers can win this game and, you know, end up with the number seven seed. If they don't, then it sounds like they will have to play the, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies to, you know, cement themselves in the playoffs. And, you know, again, climb that mountain, taking on the number one seed, the best team in the, you know, in the NBA record wise, the Utah Jazz. So, you know, we'll have to see how it goes. I mean, what's the score right now, Cam? Let's let the fans know as as we're doing the show. What seems to be the temperature? As, as we're doing the show, I think they're just coming out of the halftime break, and it's a eleven point lead for eleven point lead for the Golden State Warriors. That doesn't so look good. That doesn't look good at all. I mean, it's only halftime. I mean, there's still um, there's still twenty four minutes to play. But I, fans, I'm gonna be honest with you, Cleveland. Cleveland don't want to answer the question. He don't want to answer it. But I see some aging going on with number 23 in, in the in the purple and gold. I, I see some aging, like a couple plays. And when I turn on the turn on the game, so yeah. Well, shoot, excuse me. What did I say? 11 point game. It's a 13 point lead for the Clippers or for the Golden State Warriors. Right, I have. They just had a turnover, but they just they just wanted to came out of the halftime. But I see some aging going on. Look, uh, Juan Toscano Anderson took it right up and over LeBron. You know, it was it was like LeBron went up for the block, but Toscano went up a little a little higher. <laughs> it was, you just don't see that very often. And so there've been a couple of plays, and we all know AD is a AD is a Batman. So if, if LeBron ain't doing it, it's not very likely that AD is gonna gonna make it happen. Um, so there there might be some issues here. And right now the Lakers have Schroeder, LeBron, both ADs, Anthony Davis, and then Andre Drummond in the game. So they're trying to go big on the they're trying to go big on the uh, Warriors who don't really have a big man. And they also have Contavious Caldwell Pope out there to chase Curry around. So the Lakers is, look like they're they moved the chips all the way to the middle in there, and let's go big. So we'll see what Frank if this works for Frank Vogel. Um, we'll see how how this works for these guys and what they got going on. I, we'll keep we'll keep you informed. Cleveland. Now I've I mean, come on, it's been weeks that I said the Clippers and the Nets are going to meet in the finals. I said this for not weeks. I said this for months, right? 
back as far back as is March. I said the Clippers and the Nets are going to meet for the NBA Finals with the Nets winning this matchup. That's what I said. But considering the the machinations that the Clippers went through last week, rushing their players, losing to Houston and then Oklahoma City, like you had a you had to work to lose to both of those teams on back to back nights. It wasn't back to back nights and back to back games. I said consecutive games. You had to work, and they they lost to them both. Uh, I I still have them confident. I'm still confident in them being the best team in the West, but that kind of took a uh, that took a chunk of my confidence out. But should, let me put it that way. What is your confidence? Confidence in Ty Lue and the Clippers after you saw them lose to Oklahoma City and Houston in consecutive nights. And do you think they were tanking? What's your thoughts on that scenario? Oh, they absolutely were tanking, Cam. It, it, it's no secret. It's 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 been broadcast all over the internet and social media. Um, it was strategery on their part. They were trying to avoid the Los Angeles Lakers, who they assumed were going to win the play-in game. And so, therefore, they wanted to avoid them at, at all costs. They, they, didn't want the, they didn't want the battle of uh, Los Angeles to be, you know, the first round of the Western Conference playoffs. So, yeah, they made sure that they, they, that they were not going to be around to, uh, to, to uh, partake in that, uh, that skirmish. Why would you – why would you not want to play the team with two guys um, who's coming off of injuries? Why would you not want to play the team with two guys who are coming off of injuries trying to get their bearings? Why would you – if anything, I would want to see them in the first round versus seeing them in the conference finals because they have to get to the conference finals are clearly rolling by that time. Why would you not want to see them now? No, no, because, because they, they didn't want to face the defending NBA champions. Um, and they didn't want to lose all of their credibility in the city in the first round. They 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 understood what was at stake, and they just simply <laughs> wanted to avoid that at all costs. <laughs> all of all of their credibility in all the first of their round. Credibility. First round. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. Wow. Okay. So Ty had a message for you. Did you hear what Ty had to say? When Ty was I sure did. You know. He had a you know, it was it was a lot of it was a lot of jibber jabber. A lot of you know we don't we're not feeling the pressure and we're not listening to the outside noise. It's it's all about what happens in you know in this locker room. It's all about us and you know all we got is us and you know that that that's cool. But no, that's not what's up, man. That's that's just that's just avoiding the subject. That's avoiding the eight hundred pound elephant that's in the room and you know it's it's kind of sad. <laughs> it's kind of sad. Kind of sad. <laughs> what are you talking about? Because it, it just it just mean it just means that you're not willing to embrace what's really going on out here, and you're trying to fabricate that it's something other than it is. Every year for Bombers championship or bust, you know that going in. So don't act like it's not it's not a big he, deal. He never, and you're not feeling any pressure, and that's not that's not the ultimate goal. And if you don't succeed, that the season will be a failure. I don't think he ever he ever said it wasn't. He said all that by saying. 
There is no pressure. We're just going to do what we're going to do. We're going to go out there. We're just going to play for each other. We're just going to play uh, every possession, and we're just going to see what, what happens in the end. Listen to, and if listen we win, to. I, you know, I hope we win now. He was. He was. He clearly said it. You know, pressure is something else. Pressure is. And he clarified it today. Pressure is when you, you you can't feed your kids. You don't know where you don't know where your ne- next meal. Oh is man, see, from. and then he went to all that, man. He's trying to make <laughs> yeah. it all like you know humanitarian. We're not talking about that, man. We're Why talking not? about the that, Western pre- Conference of the playoffs. That's pressure. He's but no, when you play a game on, when you when you play in a game that you love, you just go out there and play. There's no pressure okay. in that. You just go play, okay. play the game you love. Let the chips okay. fall remain. That's that. That's that Michael Jordan attitude. Is that is that how he felt about it too? What? Yeah, we're just playing a game we love. That's just right. playing the game we love. I mean, just like yeah, we grew up playing as kids. I mean, and now we're getting paid to do it. Oh my god, what a bonus! I mean, whatever happens is just gravy on top, right? It's exactly. Just, it's just cherry on top of the Sunday. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Sounds exactly. like losers. Sounds like losers to me. <laughs> listen, listen to listen Sounds to like losers. Listen to Cleveland. That's what Cleveland losers says. talk. Oh, really? They certainly, they certainly don't talk when it comes, when it comes to getting down in the Western Conference of the NBA. No, not if you want to win a championship. You can't just be happy to be here, and you can't just be like, uh, "Whatever happens, happens." No, man. You might as well go home now. Well, we're talking about somebody who might be going home now. <laughs> now they're doing all the all the, the I promise school and kind of what has LeBron done for the community and all that. All they're going through all that right now in in uh on ESPN. So, Cleveland, come on, get out of here, man. You can't be serious. You can't be serious in what you're saying. I'm 100% serious. And, and as I've, you know, kind of done a little bit more analysis of the teams in the Western Conference, I now understand what the Los Angeles Clippers' fatal flaw is. Would you like to hear it, Cam? Oh, I, we're all ears. <laughs> we're all ears. Ty Lue might, I might send this tape to Ty Lue. What are the issues? I don't know if you're ready for this, but I'm going to hit you with it anyway, Cam. Paul George is the modern-day Chris Webber. Modern-day Chris Webber. Chris, Chris Webber just went to the Hall of Fame. Sure did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Paul George may very well go to the Hall of Fame as well. He may very well have a story career wait, wait, with a wait, lot wait, of wait, statistics. Wait, wait. Back up, back up, back up. Explain your analysis here. When you call him Chris Webber, as Chris Webber's, the best team he played on was uh, Sacramento Kings, right? That's true. Yes. Right. So, a couple of things: if the league didn't come up with this all of a sudden in two thousand, was it two thousand three, two thousand four? All of a sudden, because they because Sacramento King does have the best team in the league they're gonna a week before the playoffs they're gonna say oh these playoffs in this year because the lakers are coming in coming up short we're gonna make this a four games uh the best out of seven in the first round and not the best out of five how it's been for the you know for previous decades knowing that that was going to be a matchup was it a one eight or something like that um that uh, Sacramento now they're just going to make the road tougher for Sacramento Kings. You, or, do you recall that, or you don't recall it as, like that? I mean, not really, Cam. That, that, oh, that's yeah, not see, what it came see, down to, and that and that has yeah, nothing to exactly, do with my statement. Exactly, my statement, exactly my statement was no, my I'm statement was Paul I, I, George. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. 
We're gonna get to that. We're gonna George get to your statement. We're gonna. I heard, I heard what weapon. you said, and we. I need to. We need to break that down, and the fans need to understand what you're talking about. But until, to, but to understand who Chris Webber was and what Chris, what his career ended up being, we have. To, there's a couple of things we have to discuss, and one of those is how the league changed the rules of the playoffs because Chris Webber had the best team in the league at the time, and the Lakers, who with Shaq and Kobe, they weren't as good as expected or playing as well as expected. And they were looking at being ousted in the first round had it just been a three game, um, the best out of three or best out of five, excuse me. So the league changed the rules and now you're going to act like you don't remember that. So that's one thing. And then not to mention in that same season, the Sacramento Kings had to deal with the cheating ref who might've been getting paid from um, uh, Kemp or the bus, Jerry Bus, the the owner. He might have been getting paid from Jerry Bus and whomever else was uh, formulating the bets. Oh, oh, you don't see that like that either. You you don't you don't remember Je- Jerry had had his own rooms going on in the in the Staples Center, right? He 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 had his own gambling tables in the Staples Center. You you gonna act like you don't know that? And so. Who's paying? Who's paying the the ref to cheat? The, in the games that he was betting on, nobody was paying the ref to cheat. Cam. Oh boy, here we go. Oh boy, so you don't you don't know nothing about this. This is all foreign news to you. This is all foreign. News uh, yeah, this is this is some fabricated nonsense on your part. I don't so, know so why you're. I don't Don, know why you bring it up, and I don't know. I don't know what it had to do with the statement that I made, but because continue on. It, had it not been for these two incidents, Chris Webber may, may have very well been a champion. So you don't you don't know nothing about the betting that, that Donaghy was doing. You don't know nothing about that. They get the Lakers had a, it was a think a thirty two to three, uh, free throw ratio against the Sacramento Kings in the pivotal what game five. Of the playoffs, it was a pivotal. You don't know. You don't remember anything about that, Cam. I don't. I don't know the statistics with regards to what Tim Donahue had uh, wagered on that particular game and what his uh, influence had on the outcome of the game. Yeah, no, that's yeah, it's foreign to me. Well, t- Tim got, uh, Donaghy isn't a, isn't officiating the game today, and right now it's Golden State Warriors sixty, Los Angeles Lakers fifty six. Uh, nearing the eight-minute mark in the third quarter. Okay. So uh, here we go. The three-pointer by Anthony Davis is off. Andrew, uh, Andre Drummond and LeBron just fight for the rebound. LeBron makes a pass to Anthony Davis. Oh, and they're going the other way. Anthony Davis was actually in 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 the paint underneath the rim there, right there on a play. He decided to pass it out, but he was surprisingly under the rim. So, so Chris Webber could have very well been a champion um, had these had those specific incidents not not occurred. And so, as we know, Paul George isn't a champion. You so I, I, I'm interested. You gotta you gotta go a little deep, deeper when you say Paul George could be the modern day Chris Webber. What exactly are you get referring to? Just not a, not a championship or not a champion? Somebody who'll never get to the championship? Well, the fans know what I'm talking about, Cam, uh, but I'll be brief. Um, Chris Webber is someone that had superstar ability, but never wanted to be a superstar. And when the bright lights came on, he shied away from the attention. He shied away from the opportunity to be great. I feel the same way about Paul George. 
Oh, interesting. Interesting. So, so the lights are going to be brightest uh, starting this weekend. Yes, they will. And, and, and so you're saying that there's no reason to expect anything from Mr. Paul George this weekend. No, he'll he'll be great in the first round. He'll be great in the second round when it gets if they get to the Western Conference Finals. I'm sorry, I'm getting way ahead of myself. <laughs> way ahead of myself. Excuse excuse me, Luca. Excuse me, Luca. Excuse me, Donovan Mitchell. I'm getting way ahead of myself. <laughs> I'm just saying that given the opportunity, Paul George is in a situation where he needs to be the guy, it will be sooner than later. As it gets a little bit further along in the playoffs, we'll see how far they progress. But yeah, you'll see less and less of him in big moments. Wow, this is this is surprising. Um, PG is like I got. I'm writing this down on a sticky. because you know, I, there's some things that we gotta that gotta go written down that the fans just have to hear, um, or we have to circle back to. Because you know, when I pull these certain comments out that Cleveland has made, he's gonna act like he never heard, he never said them before. And these are just things, some things that we have to go back. And we're gonna review these this list later on the show today. But okay. there's a couple of things Cleveland act like he just never said them. And he never heard them, and he don't know what I'm talking about, and you know he just acts dumbfounded. So this is one of the things that we're gonna I'm adding to my sticky notes. That's all, sticky notes. So that's interesting that he says Paul George is more like Chris Webber. Okay. So do you not? What's your confidence in Ty Lue leading this Clipper team to? Um, you know, Ty Lue confidently says it. Last year was last year. He said this today. In fact, last year was last year. This year is a different story. It's a different team. It's a different story. They're different men. They've been through. They've been through different experiences to make them who they are today. Then they didn't have these experiences last year. Last year, the team uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George specifically were injured. So Paul George didn't join the team last year. Obviously, it was a regular season. The season started in November. Paul George didn't start the same team until, until like January, mid-January, because he missed a bunch of games dealing with his shoulder issue. Uh, Kawhi Leonard was still, you know, doing his load management thing because he had a legitimately had an injury. This year, he, Kawhi Leonard's playing the back-to-backs. This year, Paul George has had no injuries. So, What's your what's your confidence now in Ty Lue since he is the con he is the difference between last year's team and this year's team? And you just want to say last year the Clippers just don't have it. There's there were some changes. Ty Lue is there now. What do you see as the difference? Uh, my confidence level is ten percent, Cam. Ten percent out of ten, or you ten percent out of one hundred? Out of a hundred percent, yeah, ten percent. And help me out. What? Why are you? Why you have no confidence in what Ty Lue is doing? Is it less? Is it less confidence in Ty Lue and what he's doing, or less confidence in the players executing his plan? Less confidence in the players executing his plan and their chemistry all around. That's not. That's not a good fit over there, Cam. They don't. They don't. The pieces don't fit well together. They have no cohesiveness. They've never really played together. They don't really know what they have. And as things get a little bit more progressively difficult as the Western Conference playoffs continue, I just don't have any confidence in them. 
you got me speechless over here. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you. I don't know. So you never heard of Demarcus Cousins coming off the bench? The you know, I I have heard of him. He is a defector from the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, a great player, illustrious career at the University of Kentucky. He did some things for Sacramento for a minute. Yeah, I know who that dude is, and he's been a quite the contributor off the bench. I don't I don't like the way he's been contributing. To be quite honest with you, it's been, uh, it's been quite impressive. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and we all know that playoff Rondo is about to put on his uh. You know his cold-blooded uh, pounce bass and suit, and you know do some things out there. But you know, hey, so they so are the Clippers. Me. They are the Clippers at the end of the day, and they haven't done anything ever. And this season's not going to be any different. So you're going off of history, then. Now, now it sounds like history. Not just history. Like you're going off of. In addition to history, Cam, it's the chemistry. Kawhi and Paul are not who they thought they were going to be when they tried to when Kawhi mandated that they put this dynamic <laughs> duo together. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah, he is the Robin to uh, Kawhi's Batman. But, you know, so what, man? It hasn't worked out. It ha- What do you mean it ha- hasn't worked out? Last year they were number two in the West. This year – Last year they were up three games four. to one to the Denver Nuggets, and Jamal Murray and Joker came in there and took their hearts out. They almost had their hearts taken out by Luka Doncic, who didn't have his right hand man stops Porzingis last year. Now he's got stops Porzingis is back healthy. Plus he's got a JJ Redick, a sharpshooter from the outside. I mean, they weren't scared of him last time, and now Luka has all that playoff experience. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, are you going with Dallas in this series? Are you taking Dallas? Do we have is this a wager? Do we have a wager on the table? You know, that's a, that's a that's a pretty flimsy limb out there, Cam. So I'm not going to go out there on a limb oh. like that and say no, Dallas I mean, is going you, to win this. You series. just want you just want but to. I will say that it will be interesting and it will go at least six games. At least six. I don't yeah. know that it's going six. I don't. It, I don't. It's going to go. It might go five. Dallas might get one in Dallas. They might get one. But come on, man! You 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 giving to you earlier? We talking about Luca? You would give no Luca no credit for his his performance, his his MVP candidacy midway through the season. That you was MVP no credit candidacy. Cam, you, that you has nothing, nothing to do. It has nothing to do with the Western Conference playoffs when you got to beat somebody four out of seven games. And they already played those guys head up last year without stops for Zingas. Now you got the unicorn. The unicorn's healthy, so they say. Yeah, exactly. So they say the unicorn has been on the trading block since since January. Okay, well, we're not talking about on the trading block. We're talking about none of that. We're talking about a series right now. They're gonna roll the basketball out on the court, and we'll see what's up. Come on, cut it out, man. Cut it out. So he has no no he has no confidence in in Tyler. Okay. So what's your confidence? How confident are you in Doc Rivers? Now they won the East. They did with that. I mean, how they went from. What were they three last year and to winning the winning Eastern Conference? Um, we see Joel. I mean, Doc Rivers still. I don't think anybody's going to be able to get Ben Simmons to shoot a jumper outside the paint. I don't think if Doc can't do it, I don't think anybody's going to be able to do that. Um, but we got Joel B playing down low, kind of dominating the paint, if you will. If he wasn't out a couple, as many games as he missed, he might have been in, in line for that uh MVP caliber championship. This, or MVP title this season, but obviously he dealt with some injuries. So, what do you see as uh, 
are you how confident are you in Doc Rivers? And then as soon as you I'll give you an update as soon as uh you give me that. Confidence in Doc Rivers is eighty four point three percent right now. No, so a little so a little higher. Seventy four point three percent higher, yeah. <laughs> so right now we got we're, we're midway through the third quarter. AD has uh, Anthony Davis seven points, five rebounds, one block, three for fifteen field goals percentage, or three for fifteen. And so that no reason to tell you the Golden State Warriors are up uh, seventy two. AD just made a free throw, so it's seventy two to sixty six. But we're four minutes to go in the third quarter. AD has seven points. Again, again, if LeBron is, isn't putting a batter in his back, he's not going to do it. Um, wow. Th that's kind of surprising. And Curry Goat gets left loose for another lay-in. Um, so you, so a little bit more confidence in Doc Rivers at 84%. Do you expect him to win the East? Because we got to make play playoff predictions. We got to make playoff predictions right now, that, and um, we're going to hold you to these predictions. Um, we're going to say we can't do it for obviously for the playing all the playing teams because they're not all there. But we got to make we got to make predictions. So let me get this ready. Do you have them winning the East? Yes. Oh come on, get out of here! All right, so let's start with the East. So. We don't know exactly who they're going to be playing, but we know their number one is going to be the one eight game. New York and Atlanta. Who do you have winning that game? You know, I like the way New York's been playing, but I think Trey Young is the best player on that court. Every time they walk out, every time they roll it out, I, I always take the talent. So I'll go with the Atlanta Hawks. So you know, New York is number four, right? Yes. Um, so you're going with the number you're not going you're going with the Hawks over the Hawks over the Knicks I'll take That's the Knicks great. in that one I'll take the Knicks in that one okay I'll, I'll take the Knicks um, uh, what about number three, number six? Heat is playing Milwaukee. <laughs> Heat is playing Milwaukee. Who do you got in this one? I got the JBs. I got the Miami Heat. Yeah, I think that one. Number the number six team, Milwaukee is going to be stunned again. Yes, man, it's hard to say it, but I think you're. I, I agree with you. Um, I agree with you. I, I agree with. I agree with you there. Um, and then the number two and the number seven. Who you got moving on? Brooklyn. Regardless who they're playing, Brooklyn moving on. They're, no, they're playing. They're playing the. Uh, they're playing the Celtics. Yeah, the Celtics. Yeah, they're, they're, not, they're, not, they're not. 
The Celtics is the what the seven seed. Yeah, they're not they're not gonna beat them guys. So who do you have moving on from that one? Oh, it's a four-point game. The, the Lakers have worked their way back in the game. And guess who makes a play right here? Ooh, nice pass, LeBron. Nice, ooh, beautiful pass. So Kuzma strap, uh, kicking to the hoop. So the number one seed, who, who do you have? You have the Sixers moving on? Beating whomever? I have the Sixers. Yes, they will. Uh, you, you have them winning the, winning the, the East is what you're trying to tell me. Yeah, they'll 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 beat the uh, the Wizards or the Pacers. Okay, so then that's going to give you that's going to give the Sixers versus Atlanta, or the Sixers versus the Knicks, and who do you have winning that one? I have the Sixers beating the Hawks or the Knicks in the second round. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. So we, we both have number one Sixers moving on. And we both have Miami moving on. And who is going to be Miami and, and Brooklyn? Ooh, that's going to be a good one. Who you got winning that one? I got the JVs, Cam. No, you don't. I got the JVs. I got the three hundred five. No, you don't. And you, and you just and you just and you know why I'm so convinced? You just sent me some information, um, a recording that even further solidifies that the JVs are going to beat those guys. What 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 you get? You know, Cam, you you, you sent me uh, an excerpt of uh, Kyrie Irving. Um, in his post-game <laughs> interview. <laughs> we're going to um, get to that. We're going to get to that. We'll, we'll get to that later. But, yeah, you sent me some information that just kind of further solidified the fact that I think the JV is going to get them in the second round. <clears throat> wow. Okay. Well, you know Kyrie Irving is 50-40-90 this season, right? That's fantastic. That Those are impressive stats. I think Steve Nash had those one time, too. <laughs> his coach. It's, it's probably the first time in NBA history uh coach oh, player that got 50-40-90 this, this, this guy is on one for real. And, the, and it's a one-point game, 76-75 as the Lakers. AD catches a lob with uh, right at 40 seconds to go. One-point game in L.A. And it's, it's getting tight. It's getting tight. The sphincters are getting tight. And Curry goes up for a three-pointer, and he nails a three-pointer from, from deep as with 28 seconds to go to give him, put the him dragon. up by four. The dragon, he can burn your house down if you let him. Oh, my goodness. I don't know how many points he has right now, but uh, Curry, 26 points, five for eight from deep. And it was just a textbook. Oh, LeBron. Oh, my goodness gracious. His passing is exquisite, man. His, his passing is. The old man? Old man doing his, it? His passing is just exquisite. Is the, is the old man shaking off a little bit of the rust in front of your eyes there? 
um, Caruso passes it to LeBron, and it's a give and go. But LeBron underhand, underhand bounce pass, like it, it's it's a thing of beauty. I'm sure it, that's, it's basketball one on one. I mean, just yeah, yeah. It's it's oh my goodness, it, it's just exquisite. I mean, I don't know his feel for the game is just. I mean that, and that's uncanny. why. That's why yeah, he'll be able to play until he's like forty, because he just has a feel of for the game that not many have have, have like, ever had in the history of basketball. Right? You're absolutely right. Well, like I said, not many have. That's what I said. Well, no, I'm saying it for you because not many have. Yeah. Um, all right, fans. So just trying to give, keep my man updated here on the, on this team. So we just went through the East, and you have the 76ers be over you have hold on so who do you have the 76ers or miami so let's go let's go with this i have the 76ers beating miami in the eastern conference finals i have your brooklyn nets losing to the miami uh, heat i have that i have in the I second round and i have the philadelphia 76ers beating the atlanta hawks in the second round uh, um I have the. I'm just putting it down here because I know you'll change up your theory. You'll no, up I, I, I will. I will not. I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for that Miami Heat, uh, Brooklyn Nets series second round. I'm extremely disappointed that the boogie monster Russell Westbrook wasn't able to sneak into that seven and just start it off, just just kick in the door looking for KD. And uh, James Harden, <laughs> oh, you know you the, term, the Terminator. Oh, you got to answer to me now. Now I'm right in front of your face. Oh, That's not going to happen now. That's so unfortunate that it didn't go down the way it was supposed to. But hey, man, Jason Tatum threw up fifty. What can you do? So we got Utah. We got Utah uh, at number one seed. Who's going to play? Uh, what the loser? Would that be determined tomorrow? So it, it could be the Lakers. It could be the. Um, Grizzlies. The Golden State Warriors. It could be the Grizzlies. Right. We don't. We yeah. That's that's a little, little too. Too, we, that's a little too early to we tell. Can't, we, we can't. Make, we can't make that pick right now. No, we can't make that pick. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Okay. So we got number. We got the number four, Los Angeles Clippers, playing versus the Dallas, the Dallas Mavericks. Mavericks. And I mean, you know, it's it's a uh, yeah. Five. It's 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 gonna be a tough. I see. I see going six or seven. Who do you have winning? That's that's what we, that's what we're asking. You know, I'm gonna go with the Clippers. I'm gonna go with your Clippers on this one, oh, Cam. Oh, oh, are you? I'm going okay. with your Clippers. Okay. They really, I mean, they really should be the Dallas Mavericks. I'm thinking. Smart, smart man, smart man. It won't, it won't be as easy as you think, but you know, smart young man Sam right Rossin. When I put my young Sam Rossin hat on, I feel like the Clippers will get that. Okay, and then we have the. Number three Nuggets versus the number six uh, Trailblazers. Who do you have winning that one? The Nuggets. You're not even giving that any thought? No. Jokic, you're not giving that no thought to what Dame can do? No. Interesting. Well, I agree with you there. They should win that fairly handily. 
And so the number to play in is too early to say the number two uh, Suns versus whomever they play. It depends on who they play, right? Depends on who they play, Cam. I mean, you know, they, they have a, you know, a very successful season and, you know, they've proven to be formidable. It can go up in flames really quickly depending on who they play. All right, fans. So we're going to have to talk to you next week about right now, Cleveland has uh, 76ers over the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. I got Brooklyn. I said this for months now. I got Brooklyn going all the way through the the Eastern Conference. But once I, I did say before injuries took place that they they might not lose a game, but they they had some injuries. Kyrie went out. KD was out. Uh, well, Kyrie went out with PTO. KD went out with uh, a thigh bruise. And we know Harden went out with a hamstring. So um, I can't really say right now they're, that they're going to. And the Lakers had their first lead of the game, or the first lead that I've seen anyways. First lead tonight, the Lakers right now. 81-79 with uh, just under 11 minutes to go in the fourth. Okay, keep keep myself and the fans informed as we as we uh you know wind through this this episode of Voice of the Fans. Yeah, it's week thirty nine. Voice of the Fans here doing our show, and uh, I'm right across the street from Staples, and I hear the the feel the building rocking and hear the fans cheering as LeBron is looking at us. He's dancing with the ball at the top of the key, going to the rim, going to the rim, and of course nobody can stop him when he goes to the rim. And so it's a four. That old ass man. Nobody can stop that old ass man. <laughs> nobody can stop him. You mean Toscano so Anderson can't stop him? Who who they got on him? Where's 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 Toscano Anderson at? This is pull. <laughs> Listen to him. That's pull on him. Oh, that that's offensive foul. He puts the elbow right in the man's stomach and just pushes the guy off. That's an offensive foul. I mean, on, on. on Toscano Anderson? No, offensive on LeBron James. Oh, oh, when you when you put the shoulder in the chest and you put the elbow in the man's gut, well, what, he can't do anything. The man's the man's six nine two seventy. So I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, physical mismatch. Anyway, he goes. The, the Lakers are out four. Just to let you know, on the way, okay. Steve Kerr calls a timeout. So Appreciate fans. The <laughs> So we just went through our predictions for the NBA uh, for the NBA as far as we can go. Um, I tell you, I, I don't have any problems. We kind of, regardless of how things shake out, I got the Clippers over Dallas Mavericks the, in the next round. The Clippers obviously are going to face whoever the number eight seed is in Utah. I mean, depending on who that number eight seed, eight seed is, it, it it could be a tough matchup. Utah will beat Golden State. If it's the Lakers, I don't think Utah beats Golden State. I mean, I don't think Utah beats the Lakers. And then that could set up for in in the next round, round two, that could set up a, a battle of LA. Ooh. I don't know. You guys are expecting that to happen so soon. That could that could set that up. And then uh, consider the way that you guys ducked us. No, not really. Hmm. And then, woof, that could be that could be a good one. And then in the other bracket, there's going to be the Denver um, Denver Nuggets. We both got them beating beating up PO Portland. And then we're going to be Phoenix in the number seven again. That could be the Lakers. That could be Phoenix doesn't beat the Lakers. Phoenix, Golden State. Man, that would be a good series to watch. That would be an enjoyable series. Can't really say who will win that one right now. I think Phoenix because they have uh, more firepower. Chris Paul. Uh, Devin Booker, 
Uh, well, shit, they don't have eight. So that would be a great series to watch, actually, uh, Phoenix and, and Golden State. But we just don't know how that's going to shake out. Neither Utah or Phoenix will beat the Lakers in the playoff series, so we understand that. So however this thing shakes out, this is a very key game here tonight, what's going on in, in Staples across the way. So we talked. We touched on it earlier. You said you heard the recording that, that doesn't allow you to have confidence in what Brooklyn's doing. Explain the recording you heard and explain why you don't have any confidence in what's going on with Brooklyn. Cam, let me break this down for you, okay? Fans want to hear it. I'm old school, Cam. Okay. I'm old school. And what I mean by that is I would like my franchise players, my superstars, to have an unhealthy focus and concentration on the game. I want that to be the only thing that they're thinking about is how to get better, how to beat their opponent, and how to win a championship. When you ask me, where is my franchise superstar player? Oh, he's over there at the gym. Or he's over there in the film room. There's only one or two places he's going to be. It's the playoffs, and we're trying to win a championship. So let I me have to have that guy. Let me get this straight. Let me finish. That's got to be my guy, man. That's got to be who I'm riding with, who I am pushing all the chips in with, who I'm giving all the cheese to. He is all about the game. LeBron with another foray to the rim. Now the Lakers go up six points. So, Cleveland. No, no, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done, Cam. Okay. So when I hear Kyrie talking, I feel like I'm listening to. Oh, now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, now now they're gonna make uh, give LeBron a, a a charging call. Get the fuck out of here. Is the, okay. is, wow. is Donnie you're, he coaching? You're getting, you're getting you're getting unraveled. You're getting unraveled it, by the inevitable. He, he what's was moving going on Hey, so challenge that. Challenge that, Kerr. Challenge that, Kerr. Getting unraveled. You're cutting me off. It's in here, man. Oh. I'm in the middle of a soliloquy here. Are you listening? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I hear you. Oh, I hear you 100. But I'm okay. about to blow. I'm about to blow this up in here in a so, second. So, so when I hear Kyrie, yeah, sounding like he's been in a corner somewhere. Listening to the Marvin Gaye What's Going On album a few too many times. Oh, mercy, mercy me. What's going on in the world? Um, you know, kids are starving. Uh, COVID's going crazy. There's racism and sexism and hatred. And I just don't know what I can do. Um, I'm confused. I'm conflicted. My concentration is split and elsewhere. It's just it's not a good look for me because I'm old school. And that's not how I like my superstar franchise players. Of course, it is 2021, and perhaps it's just a different climate and different environment. And maybe when it's time to get out to the game, he's just he can compartmentalize all that and put it aside and just concentrate on basketball. But bro, that seems like that's kind of a problem for him. And I don't need my superstar franchise player having problems uh, discerning between what is most important right now on May the 19th. The world or the game. Unfortunately, if you're if you have that unhealthy focus and attitude, it's the game. It's not the world. 
And I want I I want to have the peace of mind that my superstar franchise player is going to show up for every game with his hand right. <laughs> and are you, and, are you and done yet? There are, being are you, are you show up for every are you, game. I don't want to hear. Oh man, those guys it. over in Detroit, man, had a strike. You and they hit somebody it. in the head with a rock, and I can't <laughs> play game three. No. <laughs> that you got a point there. You got a you got a point there. Are you finished yet? I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm gonna leave it there, Cam. So is this the same guy? Is is this the same? Is this the same guy who we just what was it a month six weeks ago? Six weeks ago, I'm telling you that a player who wants to sit out a season because they're they're focused on other things other than the game at hand, perfecting their craft. You're telling me no. That how can you have that philosophy? These guys are young guys. They need to pay attention to the world. So you're telling me there actually is a, a, a avenue for you to have your number one guys, number one draft pick, your, the the player you're going to give millions of dollars to, to be 100% focused and committed to the game. You're telling me that now that's that that's okay. But when I talk about the guy sitting out and I question his, his commitment to the game, you're telling me I'm off base. Do you remember that? Yeah, because that's not an apples-to-apples comparison, Cam. Why, talking, why not? You're, you're, talking why about, not? you're talking about kids that are attending a university that no, didn't have stop, that, stop, that don't have stop, any of the same parameters people, in place. You're talking about you're talking about them asking about asking them to risk their health when no, no, there no, are no, no, no protocols no, no, no. in place. I never said that. I never there said are no that. protocols in place. They have no insurance if something goes wrong with them. So they have nothing to gain and everything to lose. The only thing they have to gain is the exposure of showing you that they're a really good player. But they've shown you enough to you already know that that they're not going to risk all of that just to show you some more. I told okay? you I need to this have a conversation because this is a franchise superstar NBA Finals champion who's already played in the league. He already knows what's up. This is not the same thing. So no, I'm not going to give you that same. Oh, he should get a pass because you gave uh, those college kids a pass. No. Not at forty million dollars a year. Oh no! no. So, so, so there's scholarship is athlete adverse somebody literally making forty million dollars a year. So there is room for you to have for your players, your key franchise player, to have undying, unwavering commitment to the game that he will play through a pandemic. He'll play through half his team not showing up. He's going to play through. The commitment to the game, you know it's going to be there because he's displayed that already. There is room for that. That's what you're saying. Now, all of a sudden, you want Kyrie to have no, no, this is, this, is, this is nothing like that. that none, is, of, none, that of afore, exactly. none of the aforementioned players that you named sat out because the world is a sad place and in turmoil. <laughs> that, that, was not, that was not their motivation. Their motivation was self-preservation and bettering their career. That's not what Kyrie Irving is doing. So okay, interesting, interesting. So you you the, you make a you make a good point when you say, um, I, I agree with you. You want them to have the the unwavering commitment, but at the same time, I agree with you in that position. You know, again, as I, I would say, Kyrie was fifty forty ninety. 
Not, that hasn't been done many times this year. And what we're talking about, what is it, 50% from the floor, 40%, 40 from, from three, three point range, 90%, 90 from the free throw, throw line. Throw. That is extraordinary. He, he has the ball on a string. He can cross over. He can take anybody off the dribble at a tip top of his game. Steph Curry is the only better point guard. So, four point game coming on eight minutes ago. The Warriors have 11 turnovers to the Lakers, two turnovers here in the fourth quarter. So that's been the difference. Or, excuse me, in the second half. That's been the difference here in the second half. Why the Lakers are up by four. Um, but Cleveland, I, I, you, you make a good point when you want him, you want your player to be 100% committed to the game. You don't want him sitting out because in Detroit, would you say, in Detroit they're striking and somebody on the, on the, on the line got clubbed over the head with a billy club and, and he has to go. In the face <laughs> of the rock. <laughs> you, you, blindness. Yeah. You, you, you make a point there. However, does that show you – does that show you the range of Kyrie at all? Does that show no, you like there's no range? Like that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. When when it's playoff time, I don't want my players to have range. LeBron <laughs> LeBron turns his phone off. He doesn't answer his phone. I, well, and I don't want I don't want I don't, I don't want you I don't want you, I don't want you distracted by the outside world. I don't want you distracted by anything. LeBron I want, I want you focused on winning a championship. Winning LeBron was those just 16 with... games. LeBron was just hanging out with Drake on on Monday night. I don't know if you saw that or not, but uh, so, so playoffs, playoffs started today, right? Okay, let's check it. Yeah, yeah. Was he um, worried about the homeless, or or was he just hanging out with Drake? Yeah, just just hanging out with Drake. He wasn't even okay. worried about the homeless. So not not water it? conservation or. <laughs> I listen to you. Listen yeah. to this guy. <laughs> All right, so let's wrap up this segment, man. Let's get let's get on to our next segment, NFL topics. I got your point. Uh, point is taken. Um, let's take a little break here, Cleveland, and we're gonna come back, fans. We're gonna talk about uh, what's up with Dan Campbell, man. With Dan Campbell and the Lions, have you heard what this guy's trying to do? Uh, we're gonna get to it as is what he wants to have at the training camp facilities. And then, okay. we, you know, we're going to go through this uh, way too soon power ranking in the NFL. Um, also, Urban Meyer, <laughs> up to his old tricks again. And then we're going to talk about uh, who the Broncos decide to bring on to their, um, into their front office. So let's, come, let's take a break, and we're going to talk about these NFL topics. Fans, thank you guys once again for tuning in to Voice of the Fans podcast. Getting a little on-air on live communication here. I haven't figured out a way to get to give you guys uh, the interlude yet, uh, the little music symbolizing our break, but uh, you get a little live commentary. Cleveland, usually we do NFL first, but the NBA action is so hot right now, we got to do uh, NBA first today. So our NFL topic for this week. Do you know? Have you heard what Dan Campbell, head coach of the Detroit Lions, is up to this in Detroit? What what he wants to, who he wants to have on, on the sidelines? I have not enlightened me, Campbell. 
Dan Campbell said he wants a live line at Lions training camp. He wants a live line so the player can see and understand who they're playing for, what they're doing, and uh, that'll, that'll get fired him up. This is the same guy who said he wants the players to bite off kneecaps and, you know, um, when they get when they fall down and get back up and bite off an elbow. This is that same guy. What's your thoughts on a line, having a live line at uh, training camp? Uh, he's taking the mascot thing a little bit too far. First things first, let's have a winning season, and next let's try to make the playoffs. But as far as having a you know a caged you know king of the jungle um, on the sidelines, yeah, I'm not quite sure who that's helping to motivate or you know what type of uh, you know signal yeah. he's trying to send with that so yeah no not a good I idea agree. i agree with you um urban meyer this kind of goes back to what i was talking about earlier that when the players they decide to sit out covid sit out a year in covid that kind of questioned their commitment right as you're doing with Kyrie, you're questioning his commitment well the guy the running back Rayquell Armstead decided to sit out last year because of COVID, which was perfectly up within his rights, right? He had some challenges with COVID. He was in the hospital a couple times during the year due to COVID-19 complications. Urban Meyer says, okay, you're not suited for to be a Jaguar and waived him. What's your thoughts on that? Well, sit well with the team. Um, he'll understand very quickly that those type of decisions that when you do that to 18 and to 22 year olds that are on scholarship um, resonates a lot differently than grown men who understand the profession of the NFL and understand that, um, you know, there were certainly some health and safety precautions that this particular player was taking for himself and um, to cut him without even giving him the opportunity to see what he's, you know, about. It's not going to sit well with the vets. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It's kind of wild um, that uh, we haven't even got past minicamp. Now, you know, if it comes down to if, if it comes down to uh, players, big rebound for AD. Ooh, tie ball game. AD comes up with a big rebound and a putback with five, just over five minutes to go to give the Lakers a lead by two points. And here's his Steph Curry <laughs> swooping. <laughs> A swoop to the hoop, <laughs> and he ties the game right back up. But yeah, um, I don't. If if he does this, you know, a few months later in training camp, when you you kind of that's uh, the cover for this for the move. But to do it right now, I mean, it, to do it right now this early in the season when the guys just kind of getting healthy, if you will. It, 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 it's a bad, it's a, it's a bad taste. I, I think it's a bad taste, and it's looking like Urban Meyer is going to have a lot of uh, adjustment, adjusting to do to to the to coaching in the NBA. Looks like he's going to have a lot of adjustments to make. Uh, it's sad to say that. Um, the Broncos, the Broncos, bring in a new executive director of football operations, Kelly Klein. Former Minnesota Vikings uh, coach, female executive. She's the only now executive director of football operations in in the NFL. So a good move for the females. Um, what, what's your thoughts on the Broncos being progressive? Uh, congratulations to her. Um, I'm not quite sure of her uh, 
you know, complete total background, but I have confidence that um, the Broncos uh, made a decision based upon her ability, um, given the fact that she's the first to do it. Um, you know, kind of speaks volumes for, you know, her credibility and, you know, her intellect and her ability. So yeah, congratulations to her. She has experience in the game, so – she has experience in the game, so I think it was a, you know, they wouldn't have brought her in if she didn't have that uh, quality experience. And kudos to, um, kudos to the Broncos, you know, for being progressive. Uh, good job out of them. Cleveland, as I mentioned earlier, the NFL mini camps have taken place over the weekend. In fact, I was fortunate enough to be down there with the Chargers, and um, you know, I have to say, man. Um, I like Brian Staley or Brandon Staley, head coach of the Los Angeles Los Angeles Chargers. I kind of like the his communication piece. I kind of like that he's passionate about uh, football. Uh, he he told a story earlier in the year that um, he used to read the newspaper and drink coffee like his dad, who was a high school football coach, because he wanted to be a a football coach. And this goes way back with him. We we know he he coached the Rams up to be the number one defense in the league last season, and he says this is his dream job. So, um, the Warriors take a three point lead on a Stephen Curry three pointer with three three minutes to go. Um, just kind of ooh dancing on him, Dan- ooh dances on him. Um, anyhow. Uh, I like Brandon Staley, man. Uh, Brandon Staley, I'm going to give you a quote later, um, something that I took away from the training camp. But his communication piece, he's passionate. Uh, He he seems to um, have things dialed in. Obviously, this is training camp. Well, this is the first time we heard, got a chance to speak with him was like early January when he first got the job. Asked him a few questions and kind of in a coach, in an introduction process. so we really haven't seen anything other than we haven't seen scheme. We haven't seen it, seen it materialize on the, on the field, right? It's been talking about the draft picks that they've had, why they, why they're looking at certain players, what they want out of certain players. Um, you know, I'm anxious to see kind of how that formulates into on field action wins, obviously wins and losses. But right now, I, I like Brandon Staley. I like the direction the team is going into. I have to say that. Uh, do you have any questions kind of about the Chargers and what you see uh, about the process of the um, mini camps or, again, talking to the GM? One thing I found out in talking to GM Tom Telesco was they let Hunter Henry go. Hunter Henry signed with the Patriots for, I think it was, don't quote me on this, but it's somewhere around three years uh, $36 million. Now, all of, all of my experience with Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry is just a great locker room guy. We we heard time and time again last season when they go, they go uh, you know, they're three and nine, and you ask the quarterback kind of, I've, I've had, personally asked the quarterback, like, who was in the locker room is kind of keeping you up? Who's who's cracking the jokes? Who's keeping things loose in the room? And, it, and he had, has, did not hesitate. Alex Caruso goes off the side of the backboard trying to shoot a three-pointer. Um, and the name frequently came up, Hunter Henry. Who keep, who, um, I've asked him, Hunter Henry. Um, asked him who 
whose job is it to kind of keep the guys invigorated, motivated as they're going through, you know, close loss, close loss, close loss after the close loss. And we, and he actually said, you know, that's my job. I want to keep the room light. I want to keep the guys in good spirits. So knowing that he's a team guy, locker room guy, I thought I would think you can't kind of keep your keep your quarterback happy. Give give him a few extra dollars to kind of keep him in the locker room. And and what he says is uh, Tom Telesco. He's like, well, I had X amount of dollars slotted for that position. And not that I don't like Hunter Henry, but he deserved more than that slot. And so because of that, it just didn't fit in where we slotted him. We had to let him go. And if you've heard me over the last 10 years talk about what I like in, in, in teams and players or in teams, how, how coaches and GMs put teams together, I'm a big fan of continuity. And I flat out ask them, like, where, where does continuity play into this? How, how important is continuity to you? He says, no, it's not really <laughs> he kind of the way the way he responded it made me feel like it was kind of a <laughs> might have been a silly question, but I'm thinking I'm thinking continuity is huge. And he's like continuity is not important. We have all season to kind of build chemistry, build camaraderie. Um, so losing one guy or replacing him with another guy, it's is it's not really. Um, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Well, Cam, I mean, you said a mouthful right there. You, you absolutely laid out the blueprint for why the Los Angeles Chargers are losers and why they're going to continue to be losers. You just told me that a great locker room guy and someone that was very productive on the field was only worth the amount of money that they had slotted for that position, no matter who was playing the position, right? That's basically what you just told me. And if you're if you're running your team and making personnel decisions like that, you're going to fail. And if you're telling me that camaraderie um, and cohesiveness within a, a football team isn't important, I mean, how long have you been doing this? You know, it's all it's infinitely important <laughs> that you keep the locker room together and that they get along. Is that they all fight and play for one another. If you just don't care what that is and you're just plugging and playing all the time, then that's what you're going to end up with. That team with that philosophy will never win. Again, it's going to be very interesting to see how things play out. Um, and see, 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 because again, I've always been a believer and I'll pay an extra guy. I'll pay a guy a few extra dollars if i had him slotted for five million dollars and he he comes in here and makes us think about it okay because he's been a a producer because he's been a good locker room guy okay we can make that six you know can we squeeze six and a half out of it if is it there to squeeze six and a half out of there okay let's get it to him because he's been that good of a guy for us um i i that's how i would move but again i'm not a gm that might be a more emotional play, and he's making business. He's making transactional plays. I'll tell you another thing. I asked him about. Uh, I asked the head coach this as well. Um, 
And again, this really has no. Uh, this is why I'm so interested to see how things play out, wins or losses. But um, I asked the coach on draft day, is it, do you have more fun? Is, is it more gratifying to you that you're actually changing these players' lives when you call their name and you call them on the phone? Like these are life changing moments. Or is it the coaching up of the players and you see the co- the player develop over years? What is more gratifying to you? And then the coach gives me, the coach is very wordy. He says, um, you know, it's a development piece because when, when they call them and they change their lives, that's, a, that's an instant. That's a moment right there. But over, when you develop them over time and they produce over time, like that's saying, okay, now we're making, we go from here, we're making progress, we're taking steps to get better. So I can understand that. And I had to say, I asked Tom Telesco the same thing. No, not for me. Um, I asked, I asked uh, uh, Tom Telesco the same question, same exact question. Are you? How much does it register that you're changing the guy's lives? And he's like, it doesn't register at all. You know, it's a, we do this so often. There's so many players that are coming through our door that that's more of a transactional piece. And, you know, it, it's um, – I may be saying more than – you know, because he does speak in confidence, but uh, he doesn't consider that at all because it's just more of a transaction and he has to make a decision to keep moving. So I found that, I found that pretty peculiar. And again, um, I may be speaking on, again, I'm not in that position of being a GM. I'm just talking to him and trying to get in this feedback of how, how they feel. Um, what are your thoughts there? Um, I think that given his position, it's important to um, not let your emotions get carried away with you and not necessarily um, have that be a motivation with regards to the decisions that you're going to make. Um, it, it sounds like the humanistic approach is not really uh, what this GM is all about. Um, and I think that plays an important part in it. Um, but to the coach's uh, point, I think that the development of them, of the players adverse, the instant gratification of being drafted is probably infinitely more important. But to say that it has no importance is a little, it's a little cold. Yeah, and I understand where the coach is coming from. I mean, that's because you ultimately want to win games, right? And so just to say that, okay, we drafted him, we changed his life, and and harp on that, you know, you you do have to move on. So I understand that piece. But it was just as as a humanistic approach, like you are changing these kids' lives. How important is that to you? I think they they want. They want to take time to kind of get to know each other. You could tell them. You could tell them downtown LA with a bunch of Lakers fans. Um, but to to have that approach is is is. I, I understand where you got to kind of maintain your maintain your focus. So right now, right now it's uh, it's a tied ball game. A minute and a half to go. I think they're looking at a feed just a little. Their feet is a little ahead of mine, but it's um right now the Lakers. It's a minute to go in the game. LeBron dancing. LeBron is at the top of the key, looking to make something happen. 
who is this? Caldwell Pope down low inside the paint. Should be three. Should be three in the key. LeBron throws up a three and it goes in. LeBron. <laughs> LeBron. Oh, there's Drake on the sideline. There's Drake on a Drake, your boy Drake on the sideline right there. So yeah, LeBron threw up a prayer right there with thirty with uh little time on the clock to go. And your Steph Curry is trying to draw um draw a foul on a th shooting a three point shoot a three point shot. Oh, they missed it. LeBron gets a rebound. Thirty seconds to go. Lakers up three. Golden State got a foul. Golden State got a foul. Three seconds. 24, 23, 22, 21. The Golden State got a foul. They're not fouling. LeBron drives to the rim. Le oh man, he he lost the ball. And who was this? Golden State has the ball with nine seconds to go. They got They're gonna call a timeout. No, Curry. Oh, they they foul. Lakers foul. Lakers foul with two seconds on the clock. So if anything, so it looks like it, I thought the Lakers foul, but they call a timeout. So maybe is it over? No, it's uh, sorry, fans. Cleveland, I'm gonna give you guys a rundown. No, that's okay. Two, two point one seconds to go on the clock. Lakers up three. It looks like Golden State called a timeout. Two point second, two seconds on the clock. Two point one on the clock. Looked like Golden State called a clock. But this was some luck shit right here. Caldwell Pope is it one, two, three, three steps. He kicks it out with no time on the clock. LeBron drains the three from Cam. Three you, feet. you were counting. You were counting too fast. It's one one thousand. Two <laughs> one thousand. Three one thousand. You were that counting. You were counting too fast. <laughs> uh, Caldwell Pope kicks it out to the LeBron. Three seconds behind the um, – three feet behind the three-point arc, and he makes it – and he drains the three all net. Um, wow. And it, and it looks like it's over now. Yeah, it's over. Golden State with two seconds on clock doesn't do much. Looks like um, – I didn't see what happened, but just looking at the clock from afar, Lakers did win the game. Golden State doesn't hit the three-pointer to tie it up, but yeah, so it's about to get rowdy here. Oh wow! So 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 the Los Angeles Lakers did end up winning that playing game, and will be the number seven seed playing the here, Phoenix Suns. Is that what you're saying? Go. Here we go. Two seconds on the clock. They kick it into Curry. Looks like Curry got fouled. Come on, look like Curry got fouled. Touches the ball. No, he didn't catch the ball. Looked like AD grabbed his arm or something. He looked like he AD fouled him. That's what it looked like. Um, yeah, Lakers going to win. No time on the clock. Game over. One hundred three to one hundred. Lakers. Wow, won. what a hard fought game. That sure was exciting, Cam. I mean, that's everything that you wanted the play in to be, right? I mean, you had uh, two former no. MVPs no. going at it no, at the tip top on. of their game um, with so much on the line to play for. You know out. what I'm saying? I mean, what more <laughs> could the NBA ask for? Cut it out. And as it all, you know, as the Western no, Conference tends stop to it. You know, stop it. Stop it. itself, you know. The forces within the the universe, they make it so. I mean, we All got right. the Lakers and the Phoenix Suns going at it. 
We got Golden State and Memphis to see who will play Utah. Yeah, so the Lakers sneak snuck Scots. They sneak by one. Woo! They snuck I by swear one. I know sneaking by winning their last six games in a row. I know it. I know. All right, Cleveland. So let's look at this um, Bleacher Report. Uh, so you take the you take the you take your pick. What you want to look at? I got right now. I got them. I got links to them both, so we can take a look at them. You want to look at the Bleacher Report power ranking or the Pro Football? Uh, uh, PFF quarterback ranking. I say let's we look, look at, at the, let's look at the Bleacher Report power ranking because that that is completely subjective. That there's really not a whole lot of you know analysis that goes into that. That's just your opinion. So let's go with that one. Um, so we're not going to go through all 32 teams. We're not going. Yeah, we'll go to top 10, five, so we'll, five at best. Well, let's let's start from 10 and just go with 10 backwards. How about that? Let's, let's just do that. I'm good with that. Number 10. Number 10 team in the Bleacher Report power ranking is the Miami Dolphins. Mm. South Florida, they they cite picking up Jalen Waddle as obviously being a big pickup, but Huge. they got they got Waddle, Will Fuller, and Devontae Parker as a trio receivers. Like there's one guy in it. There's only really one guy in that in that trio that I like, and that's the rookie. Fuller, we know is gonna get hurt, right? Devontae Parker has spent a career proving how inconsistent he is. So, and then our quarterback is throwing to him. I have no confidence in this guy. So, mm. it's Cameron. You, you you waffle back and forth on the on the tour bandwagon more than anybody I've ever heard, man. No, Cleveland. You need to you need to draw the line in the sand, Playboy. <laughs> are you on the tour side or are you not on the tour side? And here's the difference: if you're not on the tour side, then you ain't on the three hundred five Dolphin Nation side. Okay, was, I've been a Dolphin. Long I'm not going to put you on the spot up. to answer the question right this I've been very a second, fan long but that's going to have to be established, up. my man. You can't, you can't be both. I've been a Dolphin fan long before Tua showed no, up. No, man, I didn't want him to get. I didn't want him to get drafted. This is, not, this is not about your Dan Marino fandom. This is about if, your Miami Dolphins. Are they legit? Are you with him or not? If you're not with him, man, listen, 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 listen. If we were now, we heard some. We I don't know if you saw the video. We see Deshaun Watson still working out. We don't know what's happening. Is Bro, he still on his? If he's still on the exemplar, you're not on the Dolphin bandwagon. If he, if he, hey, we there's there's some things out there that could happen. And whether it's Deshaun Watson, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers, not coming to town. Deshaun well, Watson is not coming to town. It's going to be the Tua Tagovailoa show. Either you're on board or you're not. Well. We don't have a running back. Uh, got you. I, I'm, I'm, sur I'm surprised. <laughs> I listen to you. I'm, I'm surprised that they have him number 10 on the list. So let's keep going through this list. They have him number 10. The number 19 is the Seattle Seahawks. Number 19. Number 19. And obviously they got Russell, who hasn't missed a game. So you talking about you talking about a team dealing with uh quarterback issues. You don't know anything about that. You or you completely put that out of your mind. Because you went through a decade of no quarterback issues. So you need to cut that out. Uh your your opinion on a quarter a team with quarterback issues, I don't I can't listen to it. You know, you have no idea what you're talking about. Um 
Kerry Hyder, uh, defensive front, Alton Smith. There, you guys are expecting things out of them. Um, who's going to replace your number one cornerback, Shaquille Griffin? Who's Not there sure to replace yet. him? Who, who's there to replace him? What are you Not doing sure on yet. the What are you doing on the offensive line? What do you, I mean? What are you doing on the offensive line? We're, we're in the process. We're in the process of putting the offensive line back together. We've drafted. Uh, we've drafted very well across the offensive line, and uh, our undrafted free agents. They're they're massive, and uh, we're talking to uh, you know Juwan James and his people as well. So you know, we'll see what happens. Oh, get Mr. Gas Mask. No, we do. We had uh, Jerron James was in Miami for a few years. He couldn't make the cut. So that was that was a number. That was number 19. Number 18 is the Los Angeles Rams. What do you think about them? Your division foe there. Number 18. Way high. Way high. Not Way quite high? sure where that's all coming from. Uh, because they re, re, uh, Andrew St- or Matthew Stafford is the reason that they, that he's up there, and uh, what he can bring to the table. What's your thoughts on and and Matthew Stafford? Do you how much do you think that changes the team? A winner two. A winner two. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Interesting. Interesting. And Matthew Stafford is only equals a win. So do they have who wins the division? It's the Rams. Seahawks. Wow. Yeah, the Seahawks win the division. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah, Matthew Stafford, as we know, changes that thing. They got a little running game. Um, They say they have the top three offensive line in the game. We'll see that. I don't know about that one. But then, obviously, uh, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey is the game changers, right? Number seven team on the Bleacher Report. Power rankings is Ryan Tannehill and your Tennessee Titans. This might be high. This this might be really high. So but, they're predicting that this will be the third consecutive season that Ryan Tannehill takes the Tennessee Titans to the playoffs and that Miami Dolphins have not made the playoffs since he left. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. But you know, they drafted a cornerback, the cornerback out of Virginia Tech. They um they got Corey Davis now. Uh, or you know, they lost Corey Davis, but they got they Louisville's Des Fitzpatrick to take his place. So we'll see. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick has has challenges with them, but they got Bud Dupree out of Pittsburgh. Who? Wow, they, they needed. They, a they did do that. They get. They needed somebody in that position. So, um, wow. Number six on this power ranking for Bleacher Report is Baltimore Ravens. Mm. What do you think about that? Baltimore Ravens. It's about right. It's about right. I think that they feel like if they get some uh, some receivers that can uh, help Lamar stretch the field, um, they've already made their decision at running back. Ingram's no longer there. So, um, continue to plug and play on defense as they've always been able to do. Um, stabilize that offensive line. Six is about right. Well, they they got Bateman out of Minnesota. Um, I thought they, you know, they had Hollywood Brown. I, I just don't think they utilized the receivers that they had. I can't say they were bad. You know, uh, you guys didn't get open, man. They could they could have got open more. 
They, their look, offense looked really pretty average. But is that is that that's that's Jackson, that's lack of separation. Is that Jackson? That's why he's always throwing the tight end. No, no, come on. Is that his inability to find these guys, or is that his inability to hit these guys, or they're? I mean, do what you want to wide open like they're in college. No. I mean, this ain't, we're not. I, a, said, uh, I said separation. I did. I did not, not say break. I did not say run your route and break wide open. I said separation. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, that, that's interesting. I think that's a little high, but number five, Green Bay Packers. Mm. Obviously, this, obviously, this is uh, considered. Throw it out. Yeah, it makes. Yeah. And Rodgers is, is going to be there. Big asterisk. Big <laughs> asterisk. Yeah, that, that's obviously considered. He's going to be there. Um, number four is the Cleveland Browns. Wow. They have LeBron, and it says the first line: the Cleveland Browns are legit Super Bowl contenders in the AFC. Wow, they have them higher than the Baltimore Ravens. They have them higher than the Tennessee Titans. I don't know about that. One. They have them number four. Um. Oh, oh, listen, what it says. Oh, the, this offseason, Cleveland general manager Andrew Barry also attacked Cleveland's defense that struggled in 2020. Whether it was uh, up front with the edge rusher Jadavian Clowney and tackle Malik Jackson, it looks like they have made tr- strides to improve their defense. Hmm. I wonder who let Jadavian go. Like he w- he was a non-factor. Who did that? The Tennessee Titans sure did, and they're still number seven. Number three, I don't agree with this. I think this is high. I think these guys played a, a b- over their skis last season. The Buffalo Bills at number three. He didn't like to hear it. Oh, oh, he didn't like to hear it. Russo like to hear it. No, I I think they played over the season. The the division is not up for grabs, my friend. It's going. It's going to Port Orchard. I I think they played over their skis last season. Um, Oh, but they got better on defense. They got better on defense. They they had it. They had a decent defense. That's too bad, Cameron. Yeah. That is and, terribly too bad for the division. And, and they then, got way better on defense. Well, they got better. Let's just say that. Okay. Um, the number two team is the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. Number two team by the Bleacher Report's power ranking. And then we would say, uh, we know why they're number two. And then we don't even need to talk about the number one team, right? They signed. They won a Super Bowl. Sign it and bringing everybody back. Um, so we know who the number one team is. So that's an interesting list. We're gonna have to revisit that one to see kind of where we have them. We we know where the, our feedback is. Let's see where they actually are um, as the season progresses. Cleveland, let's take a little break here, man. When we come back, we got we still got this week in history. The the segment that's taking the nation by storm. We're gonna get into some. We got some baseball talk, Cleveland. We got we got some Albert Pujols talk. We're gonna talk about Kwame Brown, Kwame Brown, and round two and three and four. I mean, we're gonna have to get into this one. Um, and then we're gonna talk about Tony Larusa and the unwritten rules of baseball. You know, a little bit of talk about that. And then I think this week we're gonna cut the your Mariners conversation down to sixty seconds. Uh, when you have two no hitters, 
when you have two no hitters hit on you in, in, in one in one week, man, we we're gonna have to cut some. It wasn't time. one week. It wasn't one week. It was, it was a month. Okay. Uh, oh, so okay. Don't 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 get out. Yeah, we're gonna have to cut some of that time down. Uh, you guys lucky there was a no hitter thrown today that kind of took took you guys off of having the biggest weight of of that. Uh, so. Let's take a little break here, Cleveland. When we come back, man, we're going to have this conversation. Two no-hitters thrown on you. Like two weeks. Come on. Yeah. Corey Seager. Corey Seager, part of nine no-hitters. <laughs> What's up? What's up? Ain't he the star of the team? Ain't, no, he's not he's the star a... of the team, Cameron. Oh, he's not the star? No. Yeah, okay. Oh, one of those rookies that you just caught up last week is one of, is the star. Is that what you gonna say? I didn't say this. I didn't say the star. He's oh, an up yeah. and coming star. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. That just, just he was just signed last week. <laughs> he just Been in the organization into, for a while. He just walks in the stardom. He just walks in the stardom. Mitch Hanniger is the star of the team. He's leading that, the league in home runs. That's the same thing. I same thing I was saying about Kawhi. Or excuse me about Paul George giving the keys over to Rondo in in a week. You're telling me now that the Mariners did this same thing. <laughs> that's funny. That's kind no, of no, I'm not saying that at all. You, you got this all wrong, but that's okay. Okay, well let, let, we're gonna talk about it right now. Hey fans, one thank you guys for tuning into our Voice of the Fans podcast as you do each and every week. We appreciate the love. Please make sure to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend about our show. Additionally, I'd like to ask that you guys subscribe to our Voice of the Fans YouTube page. Go to YouTube, type in Voice of the Fans, hit the subscribe button. What you're going to find there is a lot of exclusive content. Interviews between Greg Popovich and myself, Scott Farrell, Sports Talk host and myself, you're going to hear my com- conversation with Emmett Smith. Hear why he tells me to go do some research. You're also going to see my interview with Jim Brown, legendary Jim Brown. You're going to see my interviews with Eric Dickerson. You're going to see my interview with Terrell Davis. Hear why Terrell Davis says that Broncos running system was not a system. Hear his explanation of that. Once again, Voice of the Fans on YouTube page. Check it out. Again, tell a friend to tell a friend because we appreciate that love. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, thank you for making our voice your choice. All right, fans. Thank you guys for hanging with us. This is Cameron Buford, voice of the fans. Got my man Cleavon still up in the Northwest. How you doing, Cleavon? Doing fantastic, Cam. Thanks for asking. Hey, I I noticed. Uh, don't think I didn't notice the uh, the black hat with the camouflage bill. I still haven't seen my package in the mail. You you want to talk? You want to talk to us about the, the what that you represents on your hat? Oh well, thanks so much for asking, Cam. It it, it stands for Euphoria. Uh, it is the U for Euphoria Clothing Company, a, a clothing line that myself and my wife started about nine years ago. Uh, great fashion, great great organization, and that's what it stands for. Well, again, you you kind of just slid right by. I still haven't seen my package in the mail. Oh no, it's 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 sitting right here. It's sitting right here on the floor. You can't see it, but as soon as you come up and we have our uh, 
our reunion, um, you know, to, uh, you know, kind of, you know, bury the hatchet and, you know, kind of catch up and, you know, make cool. things whole. Packers will be right here for you. I'll, I'll be there next month, buddy. I'll be there next there month. There it is. So, Cleveland, let's go ahead and tackle this this week in history, man. We've got a lot of stuff that happens across the world, man. I think that goes unforgotten a lot of time, unacknowledged, and we want to bring some of these things to life. Cleveland, May 20th, 1704. Elias Newell founded the founded School for Slaves back in New York, 1704. In May 16, 1792, Denmark abolished the slave trade way back in 1792. Cleveland, 5 16, 1957, Brown versus Board of Education, school desegregation law back in 1957. 1910, Cleveland, Cy Young. Uh, the Cleveland, uh, the Cle Cleveland Indians got his 500th win. Cy Young, obviously, now they named the trophy after Cy Young. 500 wins. Ooh, that's a lot, right? In, in Major League Baseball. May 19, 1935, the NFL, the National Football League, adopted the annual college draft, which began in 1936. That seems like so long ago. So they've been drafting for this for a long time. But remember, way back then, I think they had 15 rounds, too. You might remember this. In May 19, 1991, Willie T. Ribs became the first black driver to make the Indianapolis 500. You familiar with that? Did you see that story? He had a story. Uh, Netflix, I think he has a story uh, about him. It's pretty interesting. I did. On Monday, Albert Pujols gets cut by the Angels. On Thursday, I think he's in the lineup for the Dodgers. Actually, he gets his first hit. Did the Angels make a bad move? No. So, if he's able to still produce? He got a hit. Yeah, that was it. And in the Los Angeles Dodgers lineup, I mean, yeah, that's that's you know he was pumped up, you know, to make his Dodgers debut and prove everybody wrong. But it's a long season, and there's a reason that the Angels let him go. I mean, now that now that uh, old boy is hurt, Trout is, you know, Trout's going to be off for a couple of weeks. You don't think they could have used his bat? No, I, I don't. I'm not quite sure how much Albert has really left in the tank. I mean, you know. Perhaps a change of scenery, a different environment, a, a much you know uh, more potent lineup can you know help him with his production. But I mean, Albert's Albert's a little long in the tooth, and that's sure. you know it's kind of how it happens. You know, the fall off is not always graceful, um, even in baseball. And you know, there's been talk that he's older than he's saying, um, <laughs> all of that. So yeah. That's all them Dominican cats. So, you know, you follow baseball. And, you know, one of the things about baseball is they have a lot of the unwritten rules. And nobody knows – who knows what these unwritten rules are? They're not posted in the locker room, clearly. 
Um, or how do they become a rule if it's unwritten? How, who understands the fabric of these rules? And this issue with Tony Larusa, kind of whose side are you on? Tony Tony Larusa throws his his uh, players under the bus um, by saying he he told the guy to take 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 the three zero um, waffle wiffle ball pitch from the what was it a right fielder the guy yaks it out of the ballpark. I mean, why why put the right fielder in at, at pitcher? If you don't expect him to get roped a few times, like, what, what? Talk to us about the unwritten rule, your your uh, philosophy, or how you see the situation. Well, first of all, there's like you're saying, there's too many of them. Um, they're they're extremely vague to, and not really communicated to everyone. Not everyone understands the unwritten rules in the same way. Um, but if Tony Russo, you know, told him not to swing at the the pitch and just take the walk or whatever, and all of a sudden he's acting like it's batting practice up by eleven runs, I mean, I think that's just a little bit of etiquette with regards to the game, but not necessarily, you know. I guess it would be the equivalent of being up to you know fifty five to zero with two minutes left and you're you're still throwing the ball. You know, it's like okay, well. You know, it's kind but of an unwritten that, rule that you shouldn't be running up the score when you don't necessarily have to. And he probably thought that, you know, their their bullpen was decimated and, you know, they had some guy out there just, you know, just trying to throw strikes. So, But let's talk about this. If, if they're, if, if, to use your scenario, if they're throwing, if they're up 55 and they're throwing with their third-string quarterback versus, you, you know, they're not throwing with their uh, receiver. The receiver's not playing quarterback. They put a, they put the right fielder in who's throwing wiffle balls up there to a hitter. Like, that's his job to get up there and hit, isn't it? Depends on how you look at it, Cam. Okay, so it, it, with- it, is his job, it is his job to hit, but again, you know, Charlie Roos is old school and probably feels slightly different about it than, than we do. And, you know, I'm pretty sure if he told the player, then – you know, they disregard they just disregarded what it is that he was trying to say, and it, he didn't really, you know, tell the player. But you know, it was insinuated so, that that's what you should do, and that's that's different. So then, the, the next day, the next day, they hit the they hit the guy, or they threw behind the player who hit the bat. I forget the dude's name. They they hit behind, or they threw behind them, you know, kind of a, a warning a warning pitch. And Tony Rulu, Tony Larusa was like, yeah. You know, they should have hit him. What's up, Tony? What's up with that? Yeah, he, he, he sounds like uh, the old man in the dugout. And again, I mean, I know they're having some success early, but that's an easy way to lose your dugout. Yeah, so we'll see how we'll keep our eye on this and see how things uh, shake out. Um, so, Cleveland, what are your thoughts on – do you have any questions about Chargers minicamp, how that went, the interaction with the coaches, the players? You know, uh, all this you can actually find on Twitter. I posted my article, posted some of the quotes from the coaches. Do you have any um, questions about that situation? No, it, it sounds like uh, what I like to call the honeymoon phase of, of things. Um, you know, everything is super fantastic in, in the beginning. And, you know, right now, you know, the, you know, the head coach is undefeated. You know, everything that he says is the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, yeah, hopefully, yeah. you know, it continues to 
to go that way, you know, once the season starts. But uh, no, you don't really learn a whole lot from, uh, you know, those OTAs, mini camps. You just hope that everyone comes out in one piece, no one gets hurt. And every once in a while, like we, we had up in here, uh, Seattle, I think it was 2012 or so. Uh, we had a few mini camps where, you know, uh, the quarterback, you know, kind of looked extra special and, you know, was really into the playbook and kind of understood things and, you know, kind of launched a dynasty. So maybe something like that is going on over there um, in Charters land. But for right now, you know, don't really have too many questions about it. Oh, whatever. Um, uh, so <laughs> I, I caught that. Don't, don't think I didn't catch that. Um, what, I, I'll tell you one of the couple of things I was interested in hearing. And, and you know, I, I um, obviously a sports fan, obviously like the role of the sports writer because you get to get this inside communication. But they drafted Asante Samuel Jr. with the number two pick. 5'9", 180 pounds out of Florida State. My question, and I had to ask the day he was drafted, draft day, and what I want to see is a lot of the receivers in the league today are six foot and above. In fact, they drafted the, the draft, a couple of picks after him, they drafted a, a receiver that's 6'1", 205. How do they anticipate Ashante being able to compete with the ball for with these receivers. Um, I was curious about that. I um, I went to Coach Staley answer the question, and Tom Telesco opened the question, answered the question. Obviously, well, it's his total package. We've seen what he can do. Um, his, everything he, he has, uh, he's able to high point the ball. He, he's able to... Um, he with because he doesn't have the height, he has the athletic ability, the toughness, um, to to make up for that lack of height. Okay, I want to see that play out on the field. I'm eager to see. He, he can play the slot. I I agree that he can play the slot. How he can play on the outside, the X or Y, play these big tall receivers. I don't know. I'm anxious to see it. Um, so th- th- those that's some of the fun that I have talking to these guys. Um. But we'll, we'll come back to that as the season progresses. Cleveland, your Mariners get no hit again, man. They, they, the, the Mariners alone have given up nearly 30% of the no hitters in the baseball season thus far. Talk to me. So, uh, you, you don't get two minutes today. Because of that, you don't get two minutes today. We're going to limit you. We're going to limit the fans say, Vito, he don't get a minute. He gets 60 seconds to talk about the Mariners. The time is now 60 seconds, fans. Seattle Mariners brought up their number one prospect, number one prospect, Jared Kellink. Was he on a no? Was he on the no hit team too? Brought up the number one prospect, hit home run. So we see, we we see the production. Brought up their number one prospect at pitching. Had a, had a decent outing. Didn't end up with a victory. Had another outing this evening. Didn't see what happened. Um, no hitters happen in baseball. They're happening a little bit too often to the Mariners, but at the same time, they're one 30%. game behind, they're one game below 500, and oh, they're just getting back. What, what happened in first place? They're not in first place right now. It's a long season, Cam. You know they they have time to work their way back into it. They've been working through some injuries. Their pitching staff, top of the rotation's a little 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 beat up, but you know there's plenty of time to make up the difference, Cam. And I have 
supreme confidence that they are laying the groundwork for something special here. I don't know how long you. I don't know how long you you can stick with the same guys who just don't produce. Not the same guys. These are these are younger, talented, more. They're in the same damn uniform. They play in the same damn stadium. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna press this issue. I'm simply gonna give you facts as we unfold this segment every week, so, and so, we'll see where we're at. So let me ask you a question. Well, one question. One last question on these damn Mariners. When you go to Safeco Field, it, or what is it? T-Mobile now. Is it T-Mobile or Lose Your Life Stadium? T-Mobile Park Lose Your Life Stadium. When you go there, do you have more fun eating the dead crickets or watching the ball game? Watching the ball game. I don't I don't eat crickets, Ken. <laughs> That's a delicacy up there, I thought. No, it's not. No? <laughs> no. That's not on the menu no more or what? It's, it may be on the menu. It's not a delicacy. It's It's a fad. It's a novelty. <laughs> uh, I love having fun with you, man. Thanks for doing the show with me. I appreciate it. Fans, thank you guys for tuning in. Cleveland, let the people know where they can find you to bust your chops about the damn losing-ass Mariners. I am the winning-ass Lakers. Uh, at Cleve Wonder on Twitter and Cleveland still on Instagram. You can find me, as always, Voice of Fans on Instagram, What's Good in Sport on Twitter. However, you listen to this podcast. If you if you're watching it on YouTube, hit hit us with a comment. Let us know that you're you're tuning in. Let us know what you enjoy. If you're listening to this on a podcast, we thank you for tuning in. However, you listen to us, wherever you're listening to us, we thank you for tuning in. Fans, just let us know what you, what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy. All feedback is good feedback. Tell a friend to tell a friend about the show. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, rate and review our podcast. And as always, fans, want to thank you for making our voice your choice. Cleveland, have a good one, man. We'll talk soon. Can't wait, bro. Talk soon. Thanks for making our voice your choice.